Do you want to be a superhero with your business? Then telling a great story is essential. Raise your pinkies because today we're going to break down how to create an epic story for your business. Presented by Advertisement. The Duke of Digital will guide you through the rapidly changing landscape of digital marketing, social media, and how to grow your business online. To submit a question for the show, text 323-821-2044 or visit dukeofdigital.com. If you need an expert to fix your ads, the friendly team at Advertise Mint is ready to help. Visit AdvertiseMint, that's M-I-N-T, dot com or call 844-236-4686 to grow your business. Here's your host, Brian Miet. All right, man, I am excited today. I'm I'm actually geeking out a little bit uh, because we've got Anselm Richardson, uh, who I've always known as Slim. Yes. Um, from when we've met on the show today. I, I'm just excited. Now, we met because our wives are both about to give birth. Yeah. Like any mo you're Ten ahead seconds. of me on the on the timeline. I think by like what a few days? I think so. I think so. But it it could be it could be in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> if a text comes please, through please don't, please don't. He's out. Yeah. Um uh, so right there on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it, for both of us, it's the first first baby, right? Yeah. And so I think going through this and and we were together in a birthing class and which I just found so fascinating because I thought I knew a lot about how birth works and yeah. babies work. And I w got done with that class and I was like, and I knew nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing, Jon Snow. That's how I felt. Uh, there was not much there. So I just, I mean, I'm excited to have you here because you're an actor, you've been on Law and Order, NCIS, Spider Man 2. Um, you're the executive story editor for the boy season two. Yeah. Yeah. About what? to be associate producer, I think. Oh, that's awesome. Next season, yeah. Working your way up to the top. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, which is one of my favorite shows. Uh, and that's when we first met when you're like, yeah, I'm working on this show called the boys. I was like, ah, oh my gosh, I love it. And like, I could talk all day about the boys. Um, but you, you've been an award-winning screenwriter, uh, and you're currently working on adapting the autobiography of Running for My Life. Running for My Life. That's a feature film. Yeah. Also the um, the autobiography, uh, Asada Shakur's okay. um, autobiography. Um, those are the two adaptations. And then there are a couple of originals that I'm working on. Man, it just sounds like do you even sleep. Do you ever sleep no, at all? Yeah. No, it's, no. It seems like you're very busy. Yeah. Everybody's like, you know, they're like, oh, you got to get rest before the baby comes. I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm already used to not sleeping. Yeah, Maybe totally. that's the advantage. Maybe that's it. Maybe you're like, oh, yeah, this is nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it is funny because people will be like, oh, you know, be prepared for what's coming. And I mean, I run a business that is is pretty fast paced. And yeah. I'm like, I feel like I have a good grasp on it. But they're, they still will look at me and be like, they shake their head and they're like, not nah, be prepared. Like, you have no idea what's coming. So I don't know if I should be scared or scared. if it will be, you know, somewhat manageable. But hey, yeah, we're going to find out here any, any minute. It's set the stopwatch. It could happen at any point in time. All right. So, did I miss anything? Um, you know, I mean, you know, I got, I got um, you know, uh, an award in uh, acting for a film uh, called um, uh, El Ganzo. Okay. Um, and uh, the latest film that drops in February is called After We Leave. I was just at the uh, screening of it in Austin um, Monday, Sunday night. Into okay. Monday. Um, and, uh, and that one at, uh, London sci-fi, which is the same place that Gareth Edwards, who, uh, he wanted for this film called, uh, I think it's called monsters. 
Okay. Um, and he went on to do Godzilla and then um, the, what was the, the sort of flashback Star Wars episode? And I, yeah. Um, oh, which uh, one? Rogue One? Rogue One. Okay, yeah. Yes, yeah. So he's doing okay since then. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, that, how... Uh, I just want to make sure people can find you. How would someone uh, follow you or find you? Is it what, what works best? Uh, uh, at Anselm Asylum. Um, okay. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, mostly Instagram. Um, still trying to figure myself out on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Or something you're I'm, busy. I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a brief in my in my tweets. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's great. Well, the I wanted to have you on this show because one of the elements in business that I think is so critical is telling a good story. And it's something, you know, we have a lot of companies that come and work with us and time and time again, you know, there are people that are like, no, here, uh, here's my story. I started a business. And I want to make lots of money. <laughs> and, and, you know, and that just, it doesn't resonate. And, you know, that if that's kind of their core of what they're looking to do, a lot of times it's hard for them to, you know, engage with consumers in a way that they believe in, or they're cheering for a company or they want to root for the company. Um, and so I really wanted to talk about the process of creating a, a good story behind, you know, a business. And, and I, think that's a, I, I think it's something that most businesses struggle with. So, you know, what I wanted to do was, you know, walk us through a little bit in terms of how you got into acting and how that transitioned into screenwriting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really long, like, like oh, I love it. I want the story. origin story. So it all, it starts actually back to like high school Okay, where I was in art schools from um, sixth grade um, through, you know, senior high. And this wasn't just like art schools for drama or anything else like that. It was, it was a really for visual art. And, um, and I had to pick a track um, in, um, in high school of uh, once I, I, I started this, this high school called Design and Architecture Senior High, and I was part of the first graduating class, and you had to pick uh, a field, and I ended up picking interior design. Um, and while I was in 11th grade, I got a job offer from Image Comics. I was like, Mom, look, I, I, they, they want me, they nice. want me, because they come to LA. And my mom's like, that's nice, you're going to college. Um, so that dream died. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, while, while there, you know, learning everything from Plato to all the different artists and, and, and having this fantastic, you know, sort of letting a bunch of rats loose, you know, they didn't know quite what they wanted. So we had all these great experiences and had um, uh, shows and, and everything. Um, so from there, I, uh, this is this is not the best story, guys. Um, but I was my school was a little too close to Miami Beach. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time on the beach, sometimes when I'm supposed to be in school. Um, and all of a sudden, all of these colleges that were interested in me, these art schools like Pratt and et cetera, um, I missed all the deadlines because I was playing beach volleyball. Um, and my friends were like, oh, yeah, I got into this. And I'm like, oh, wow, really? When, when do you apply? And they're like, dude, it's, dude, it's over. Oh, <laughs> it's, no. So um, I happened to find a, uh, a letter from Florida State. And they're like, if you want to apply late, you know, send us, send us some money and blah, blah, you know, and we'll consider you. So I secretly grabbed some money, sent it in, got into Florida State. From Florida State, I started, uh, followed a, a girl into an acting troupe and really enjoyed that. But I had written an essay um, in my freshman year, I believe, and my teacher submitted it to uh, some type of prize or grant or something, um, award, and I won. And I was like, oh, I guess I can write. 
And so while I was doing the drama um, on the side, really, um, I was really pursuing a creative writing um, degree. Um, and I happened to get cast in the main stage and actually the drama school's um, uh, performance of, um, of Fences with August Wilson, August Wilson's Fences. Lloyd Richards had come in from Yale to teach a distinguished lecture series. Um, it was only open to drama students and I wasn't. So I broke into the school <laughs> after hours and signed my name to this list, the secret list. And because I was on the main stage um, production, I got in. And it, that guy, Lloyd Richards, had uh, directed all of August Wilson and Lorraine Hansberry's plays on Broadway. And after it all, he was like, you know, what are you doing basically with your life? And I was like, I don't know. Fucking go back to Miami, play beach volleyball. I don't know. And he was like, you know, if you stop this, I'll be very disappointed. And so I kind of took that to heart. Mm -hmm. um, that production ended up going on tour. And the lead actor and uh, one of the other actors um, asked me the same thing. And when they realized I didn't know, they're like, look, come, if you come to New York, we can set you up with an acting um, coach and you can get into this. So as soon as I graduated college, went to New York and started at the bottom, the off, 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 off Broadway stuff. And then slowly worked my way up until finally I got uh, into an off Broadway um, production. And at that time, um, I had gotten a, a, a series of, sh of films that went to Sundance. And finally I got into, um, we, there's one, one film that I was lead in and it ended up winning our category at Sundance, um, the best of next prize um, called uh, The Locksmith by Brad Barnes. Okay. And I'd done another film with him. And um, so now scripts are starting to come my way and I'm reading them and I'm like, they suck. <laughs> I'm like, I can write better than this. And I really hadn't written since I was in college. So I wrote my first uh, screenplay, and it ended up winning at um, IFP, the Independent Film Week um, there. And it was a very subversive kind of play. It was uh, about the sort of the aftermath of 9-11 and um, being a subway worker and, and what that means, especially when uh, you started dealing with a lot of, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, like, you know, uh, you know, just you started seeing posters of like, you know, be proud, join NYPD, be brave, join FDNY. And what happens if a person can't and they're the loneliest person in the world and they're around millions of people all of the time and they want to be a part of something bigger. Um, and so after one, I had these meetings with producers and they're like, oh, this is great. We love what you do with character and dialogue and, 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 and tension. And yeah. this will never happen. <laughs> this will never be produced. So they're like, if you have anything else that's bigger, um, you know, that can reach more people, let us know. So um, I, uh, I took some time, couldn't figure out what that was. And I was very much um, inspired by and, 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 and looking up to the original Cape Fear with Robert Mitchum and Gregory Peck. And so I was like, okay, I want to do a thriller. And then um, I was also very, very like obsessed with Charlie Kaufman. And I was like, okay, well, if Charlie Kaufman could adapt the original Cape Fear, what would he do? And still couldn't figure it out, but I knew it was like, this is sort of the, the world I want to live in. And um, then I started reading the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. And there's a concept in there called Bardos. And all of a sudden the story came. And so I wrote that story and it ended up winning at Tribeca, um, uh, tri the Tribeca Film Festival, the All Access Program. Um, and so I was like, okay. And people, and finally the producers are just like, yes, this is what we're kind of looking for. And then it also got into the uh, Film Independent Screenwriters Lab, 
So I was coming to LA at this point. I'm starting to like act in other things. Yeah. And while I was there, I met this incredible manager and a good friend of mine. His name is Tom Carter. He was just starting to work at this at this um, this management company that I, that rep me in New York, but they're also opening up um, the literary department in LA. And we just hit it off. And I had done a a web series that um, Independent Film Channel picked up and actually ran on their on air. And I had started writing another one, and it was just a nine-page scene about a, a senator um, uh, interviewing a—I mean, a, a journalist interviewing a senator. And he was like, "What are you doing with that?" I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "I don't know if I could really feasibly do it as a web series. It needs more money than that." He's like, "Well, write it as a pilot. I think I know what, what to do with it." And so I wrote it, and he just strategically um, um, just sent it to all the tastemakers in in L.A. Because it dealt with, it was really about the death of modern day um, political journalism. Okay. Which, at this point, we all can see. Yep. <laughs> you know, this is about five, five years ago, five, six years ago, actually. And um, it also dealt with uh, environmental issues, especially um, the large companies like ExxonMobil, et cetera, energy, and, um, and just wanting to deal with, with those aspects. And so he got it to, like, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. company and um, DiCaprio's company and and all of these people and it, and it started up a little buzz and now that brought the big agencies now to me like you know well, who's this guy everybody's kind of like talking about and it ended up selling at um, at uh, CBS Productions and also this company called Timmerman Beverly who was doing Justified um, and uh, and and several other like big shows and so that got sold and from there a dude who had who was a co-writer of the original um, uh, Born Identity, um, he had a series that was starting up on on a, on a cable network, and he was like, you know, I just read your I read your pilot, I'm doing this thing, so that got me my first TV writing job, and then from there, Sean Ryan, who uh, created The Shield, um, he was creating Timeless with Eric Kripke, who's now my my new boss. So I did Timeless for two years with those guys, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. And a huge history lesson each episode, yeah. and um, and then uh, Timeless, um, you know, had its had its time, and Eric Kripke, I'd taken a year off, got married, took a seven week honeymoon all over the world. It was fantastic, and then I was just spending a year just to just focus on my things. I told everybody I was like, let me have the time to do that, and um, Eric found me out. And he was like, look, I'm doing this new series called The Boys. Um, you know, just take a look at this pilot. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing my own thing, blah, blah. He's like, you know, just take a look at the pilot. And um, and, and Lauren, my, my wife, yeah. she knew that I just didn't want to do anything but my own stuff. And she's like, you know, I've got you. Don't worry about it. And she, I put on the pilot and she heard me laughing. And she was like, oh, fuck, you're going to take it. <laughs> And I was, you know, so I met with, with Eric and, and, and just kind of talked about, like, you know, what it, what it brought out in me. And, um, and yeah, and that's been history. So I came on to the second season. Um, they were already in the midst of, of um, their second season. And, yeah, I just got back from Toronto, like, about five weeks ago. That's when yeah, I met you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Now, for, for anyone that's listening, The Boys uh, is a, a show about uh, superheroes, um, kind of uh, what can happen if superheroes – are left unchecked yes. where they can do whatever they want and the rules don't apply to them yeah. um, and they can cause trouble and no one can really stop them because they're more powerful than anyone else. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I was looking through some of the stats. It's the most successful Amazon Prime video original yeah. show to date. Uh, Eight million viewers in ten days. Like these are some massive numbers. Um, and season two is set to arrive sometime mid twenty twenty. Yeah, probably look around the same time summer. Okay. Yeah, May June. Not sure. Uh, ah, yeah. I I loved it because it was just you know most superheroes movies are made kind of for everyone. This is definitely. Uh, maybe a more adultish. Like I would, there's, there's no I would let my kids. No ish. Would let my kids watch this for sure. Yeah, she's gonna have to be like eighteen or twenty one before my daughter can watch 25. the boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just it's so good because it starts with the story of a guy named Huey, mm -hmm. who's just a regular guy that gets caught up in this world by nothing that is his choice. Yeah. Um, and so I think what I wanted to do was just you know run through. What are the core elements of a good story? Like, uh, you know, you, you've got to write for, to be able to, I don't know if the end goal is to entertain or to captivate, you know, what is it when you start, when you sit down and you're creating these things, what is it that you want people to experience through the journey or at the end? You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit of, of two things. One, you're thinking about what other people want, but for me, that's at the tail end. You okay. I mean, um, I write for what I would want to see um, on the screen. And I usually, because I come from more of the, the cinematic background, uh -huh. even when I, when I like sort of go into TV, I'm thinking about things in terms of a film. So even when I'm on set in production, I'm like, the film, the film. I never call it an episode. I never call it like a, it's, it's, it's because you're, what you want to do is, is take the audience through a journey. You know, yes, you're, you're talking about the hero's journey um, earlier before we came on, but you want to go through, you want to find um, that aspect of that character. And also when you're dealing with an ensemble, everyone is sort of going on an arc, but there's usually that main person. Okay. And you want to kind of take people into, a, a, into a, a, you know, into an experience that they haven't yet. And then also put that character into circumstances it, that person hasn't gone into yet. So when I when I'm looking when I'm looking to do a story, it's 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 a it's a combination of that. It's like what haven't I seen? What will be like really cool? What changes sort of the paradigm? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like, because what is the point of doing a story if it's something that everybody's seen before or somebody's uh, people have already experienced before? It's the same sort of okay, paint by numbers. A plus B plus C equals D. Yeah, that's boring to me. And and um, I'm I'm. <laughs> Everyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge, not only cinephile, but just like the, the critic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, I've seen that. They did that before in the 1960s with this film. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm that person. And so I'm like, I'm, that's what I'm primarily looking for. Like, what changes the, 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 the paradigm? And also, for me, it's really all about character. It's not about plot. Plot, any, and you can add a, an explosion. You can add a this or, or whether, you know, at any point. But what is that thing that when the audience sits down and they're looking at the screen, can this person take them through where they feel it on a universal level, but also they get to, you know, sort of uh, live an experience that they could have never lived before or sometimes that they have lived before and you can touch that, that piece in them um, that really like affects them in a, on a really emotional way. So that's kind of what I do. I'm not... You know, I don't necessarily subscribe to like story that that book story that everybody does or like save the cat. I mean, there's 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 a format, you know, that you have to keep in mind. 
but I'm much more of like, you know, when Paul Thomas Anderson talks about story, it's really just like, okay, what, what can I do that's different? And how, how far can I push these people, you know, um, to, cause I'm also coming at it not only as a writer, but as an actor. And what would I want? What would yeah. me like, like, yeah, God, this fucking script, I gotta do this. You know what I mean? I gotta go through these emotions. That's what I'm, I'm looking for. I'm looking for when we go to set and the actors are just like, oh, this is great. This is fucking great. I have, I, yeah, my character hasn't explored this before. Or an, and everything sort of makes sense in this sort of tree that you've created of, 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 of experiences. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's to me, what, what gets me really, really excited. I'm not like the typical sort of writer in that way, so I'm much more of like, okay, what, what, what's happening? You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you talk about, you know, um, the character, mm-hmm. right? And that's generally who people look up to and, and, and can relate with. Are there core attributes that you want to have shine through or is it different with every story? Is it, you know, whether it's love or it's, you know, action or, you know, someone that's, you know, coming of age or, you know, how do you pick what is the core theme? Well, with each, with each story, I, the first thing I do before just like jumping into the journey is figuring out what the theme is. Okay. Once you have that theme, then you kind of can work backwards. You know what I mean? And not only for your main character, but for every single other character. I don't want to give away anything with my episodes. So let me, um, <laughs> I know it's tough. Cause I asked him <laughs> off camera. I was like, Hey Slim, what can you tell me about, you know, uh, uh, season two? And he was like, I can't say anything. I was like, just a little bit, like some cliff notes, uh, interpretive dance, anything. <laughs> I would be murdered. <laughs> give me some clues. No, and he was like, no, no like it's this, everything is on hush hush. And I was like, all right, I, I will wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and check it out, which is actually probably better. Cause then I'm like, now nah, I don't know. Nothing will ruin it. And for anyone that hasn't seen the boys, it is just shocking after shocking. Yeah. It, like the th- things that happen, you're like, oh, how did no <laughs> again and again and again. We're like, I didn't see that one coming at all. So yeah, I wouldn't actually want to be ruined, but I was just yeah. trying to see if he would. All, the only, thing I, the only thing I could tell you is that this season is even crazier and more in depth with the character journeys yeah. than the first season. And it's, fucking crazy uh, <laughs> you know which mean? is crazy because i think the first season was really good with yeah. the character journeys oh it's even deeper oh i love it even so. deeper and and, and that's uh, you know just to, to go on to to the boys it's it's so rich where you can go with each person which is kind of what you want because that that then takes you into more than just two seasons or three seasons we've got enough material for six seven eight seasons you know what i mean and that's and we can go into any character that we want and just kind of like really mine, you know, what's happening with them. It's, yeah. it's, it's fucking, not only is it great um, storytelling cause Eric Kripke is a, a, a really a kind of a fucking genius, but um, the level of talent all the way down, you know, from the other writers that I work with yeah. to the actors who are fucking amazing and even, and, and, and the crew that the art design, our, our gray wall um, does all mm-hmm. everything. And it's so cinematic and it's such a big show We're we're running with like, you know, like, so many different units just to capture everything yeah it's really like making a you know not not quite but almost like a marvel movie each yeah. episode yeah it's, it's fucking how long was filming from kind of start to end for uh, the eight episodes that are in season two it's about i think uh probably runs about six months okay yeah six months or yeah. so maybe maybe a little less maybe five five or six months yeah you know what's crazy is i watched all of season one in about like I watched at night till I fell asleep and woke up in the morning and did it. And when it got to the end, 
I was like, man, that was so <laughs> good, but it was over. And I was like, ah, oh, I wish I would have like waited a little bit more before I finished that up. But it was, I just watched the whole thing and binged it and, and loved it the whole time. Because a cool thing about what, what Eric does, um, Eric is a creator of the mm-hmm. show. Um, but also there's, there's the comics. There's, um, the comics by, I'm going to screw this up. Um, I'll come back to that. Oh, let me, let me, I'm going to Google it real um, quick. Keep going. Yeah. So it's, it's early guys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the great thing about, about the, the, the characters is like, it's really about, you know, we know the justice league, we know the Avengers, um, mm-hmm. we know those sort of iconic characters, but what if they were actually real? You, and not just real that we see in the movie theaters, and those are great. I'm a, I'm a huge, you know, um, superhero watcher. Um, but if they were actually real people with the foibles of real people and yeah. the egos of real people, and then you you bring in, um, you know, uh, uh, corporations and, yeah. and 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 making money from from you know the the, the toys and and the movies and, and and when you put all of that into what the world that we're all living in currently, what does that do to a person? You know, especially if, if on top of that, you are completely invincible. Yeah. And you cannot help but but think, I mean, granted, it's cynical, um, that it, it will affect people in negative ways. When you look at celebrities, when you look at sports figures, and you look at, you know, uh, senators or, mm-hmm. or, or presidents or, or whatever, it'll go to your head. And the more you can get away with is the more that you're going to get away with is the more that you're going to get away yeah. with. And, and rules don't apply to you. So it's, it's, it's really interesting to see like, well, what does that look like? You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I loved it. The, the comic was by Garth. Garth uh, Edwards. Ed, yep. And Derek. Yes. Um, and and that, that's another thing. Derek, Derek Robinson, he was up there when I was there. And it's when you look at the show, the very look of it is Derek. You know, oh, I mean, really? even the, the the drawings that you see in in the in the episodes, the posters, all of his his artwork. It's it's really really fantastic. He's a great great guy. Now I want to ask you this: What would you say towards a, a boring story, right? And and an example would be: I want to create a product. I want to get it <clears throat> manufactured. I'm going to come in and work nine to five. I'm going to make yeah. lots of money, uh, buy my product. It, it doesn't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. You know, you think of like the interesting stories like Steve Jobs or, or, mm-hmm. or Bill Gates or, 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 you know, Elon Musk or anybody. They all have interesting lives that, that again, don't add up to like, you know, one plus one equals two. It's this sort of weird thing where you're just sort of like, you know, trying to figure out things and you're testing things and, you, and you're not afraid to fail which is something that I battle with all the time because, you know, ever since I was a little kid, you know, having like a, you know, a little bit of OCD and, and, and everything had to be perfect, perfect, perfect. Even like when I was in art schools, when I was young, I, I couldn't just draw a leaf like normally. They would actually extend the, uh, the due dates for me. Sometimes once they had me do one still life for an entire semester because if, to draw a leaf, to me, you have to get every vein of yep. the leaf, every little piece of imperfection. And it's just how my, my, and I would get frustrated if I couldn't capture that. Um, and then so like when, when you, you're dealing, what I'm trying to learn how to do now is just like be completely okay with failure and knowing that failure is a part of the whole mission. Honestly, <laughs> my life is a series of failures that, you know, whether I was like doing menial jobs in new york driving trucks and 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 the one you know being a janitor and you know and being a pa for for years and years and years and you know 
getting equipment in the mornings and, you know, all this while I'm doing a play at night in some church basement, you know what I mean? Um, all of that fuels your experience yeah. and, and, and your ability to interact with people and then kind of get a sense of not necessarily what people want, but the complexities of who they are. And especially when you, when you, in terms of storytelling, um, that's just something that I've, 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 I have become fascinated with Oh, but that was only a result of so many different failures. And even coming to LA, I had just, um, been in that film at Sundance that, that won, and I was doing a graphic design job at TV land and there was a, a, a manager, an art, a talent manager who had seen me at Sundance and was just like, what are you doing in New York? And I was like, uh, that's usually my answer. For yeah. If you haven't noticed. <laughs> and she literally, I was at work and she was on the phone with me and basically just said like, look, shit or get off the pot. And it shocked me. And I hung up the phone and I just sat there for like about maybe two minutes just staring at the keyboard and then finally, I just turned around to my supervisor and like, this is my two weeks notice. Had no idea what the fuck I was going to do. No. And I came out to L.A. and then it's just been sort of, it's just been, you know, things have just been kind of going. I mean, it took, it was rough in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, slowly but surely, all of those failures, all of those, those, those situations of, you know, being like close to homeless, <laughs> you know what I mean? And driving Lyft and Uber when I you know, first got out here. Um, it all sort of adds up and you sort of create your luck because I just, I, I did not stop. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's even like with my friends, I was like, even if you have something that looks like something that may go, a green light is like on the way. Don't, don't, don't put all your eggs in that basket. Just keep, keep producing as yeah. much as you can. And at some point, one of those, I'm, I'm going to so many different metaphors, one of those plates, you know, that, that you've been spinning is going to, um, you know, show some fruit. <laughs> That's a whole lot of metaphors. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's great. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because I was at an event um, maybe about two months ago with Sylvester Stallone, mm. and he was talking about how he wrote Rocky, and he said he worked at a theater um, as like an usher, and he would go in, and he was like, I got to figure out how to write. And because he was just sitting there, yeah. he would write down the lines of what people would say. Yeah. And he was like, after watching it a couple times throughout the day, I would have the basic, you know, the layout of what was the format of a script. Yeah. And I took that and went back, and that's what allowed me to understand how to write movie scripts. First of all, Rocky is a brilliant, brilliant screen. I just watched it um um, only like two months ago, two, no, maybe about three months ago. And it holds up today. Yeah. And in this similar way to, for my generation where he had to go to the theater, to do it. I would watch, especially taxi driver, um, uh, Paul Schrader's taxi driver over and over again. I would watch it maybe once, sometimes twice a week. And I watched it like that for a year and a half and I got the screenplay and I would just read it over and over and just how, and especially when you're talking about character. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, 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 there are, there's probably maybe on par, but that's one of the finest character, um, you know, explorations that there is. Rocky, Rocky's another one. But I, to learn how to create structure, I looked at the back of the DVDs. Remember when the DVDs would show chapters yeah. and they'd give it a name? 
And I was like, oh, like maybe this is how you structure a screenplay. And from there, I learned how to. And and from that, you figured out where the the uh, the act one. Yeah. You have to do it intuitively. Yeah. Act one is where act two is, where act three is. And I realized as sort of stories before it be, became big about stories having four acts. I kind of noticed that then, just kind of like looking at how things were. But you do you do what you have to do with what you have. You know what I mean? And you can't really think about even though everybody does, it's sort of like, oh, I don't have this, or I don't have this. It's like, so just what do you have? Now, you talked about, in terms of great stories in business, you know, people that are like, you know, Steve Jobs or Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, and, and these would or be- Stallone. Or Stallone. Or Stallone, right? Yeah. You know, successful people. Um, now, I would say some of these are, you know, billionaires with the ability to play in different worlds. If it was someone that, you know, maybe didn't have all those options- what would your advice be, knowing how you write for characters, that they should focus on themselves or how to be able to bring out who they are into their business so that their business or even, you know, who they are has a story yeah. that can resonate with people? Is there something that you would say, you know, focus on your strengths or do something crazy that, you know, will get people's attention? I, I can only speak to it in terms of like, sort of my industry and not necessarily yeah. the producer side because that's that's that, that's much more of a business um mm -hmm. side but as far as the, like the the art the the sort of quote-unquote talent um one thing i never understood when i was first starting out acting when people were like you know have your own experiences you know go out there figure out who you are it's only today that i'm really starting to understand um when i look at people who are successful in in my field how much of a sense that they understand who they are at their core. You know what I mean? Um, they're not trying to find and search and, and grasp, but they come in and you look at like, you know, even like, uh, like Lupita Nyong'o, um, you look at uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. These people know who they are. And when you're looking at a character in that kind of a way, there's a groundingness to that uh -huh. person that's innate. You know what I mean? Um, uh, what's his name? Heath Ledger yeah. had that same sort of um, thing. And that right now is it's sort of the journey that I'm going on. And so for anybody, I mean, it's, 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 it's a little different, but I think it can, it can be applied to like um, general business. If you know who you are, then you, you, you have a tendency to take, you, so, you sort of go out for, you, hmm, this is the most inarticulate way of saying this. Um, if you have a sense of who you are, you're not sort of, of, of doing a general thing. Like in, in, in acting, a bad direction would be, you know, go for love in this. And it's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. You know, oh, you hate this person. It's like, there's different types of hate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you go for, you're, you're, you know what, you're, you're jealous of this person um, because, you know, your dad did this same thing to your mom and you see that this person is sort of getting away with that, you know, and, and then it's all of a sudden it's like your brain starts to, you know, um, spark in different areas. And, and it's not necessarily that you're necessarily going for that, but it's all of a sudden you have this, this thing to go for. Um, it's like in art school, one of the big things that sort of, uh, inspired me was, uh, Plato's, um, uh, he has this, 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 uh, this theory about the ideal and, they're like, if for, like, for instance, there's like an ideal chair. And that's somewhere up there. If you believe in God or gods, it's up there. And as an artist, 
all you can do is strive for that perfection. And what you get is what we have. We have different versions of the same sort of thing, but mm -hmm. nothing is going to be as, as perfect as that. But as long as you're striving for that, if like when I write, if I'm striving to be, to write Casablanca, you know, and if I'm striving to write the Godfather or some great fucking piece, if I fall short, I'm a hell of a lot further than everybody else who like strove for the, the lowest common denominator. You know what I mean? Just like, oh, this is acceptable. I'll, I'll do that. No, fuck that. You know what I mean? If you're going to do something, make it fucking great. Yeah. Just oh, go balls to the wall and make it great. Don't, you know, they, you know, like friends who ask about like writing and they're just like, oh, well, you know, I was thinking about doing something like this, like this TV show. I'm like, why? Why? The TV show's already done. Go, go past that. Go, go. What is the greatest thing that you can possibly think of? Go for that. And again, if you fall short, you're so far ahead of the pack. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and honestly, I have continued to work because of that pilot because I just was like, okay, what do I want to see? And yeah. Oh, it's fantastic advice. That actually is really good advice. You know, I had a friend, I, I, I've written a book and I had a friend reach out to me because he was like, hey, I want to write a book too. And he was asking me like, how long did it take? And I was telling him, he was like, oh, it's so long. I want to do, <laughs> I want it to be, what's the easiest way I can do it? What's no. the easiest way? And I was like, oh, it just made me cringe. And I was like, <laughs> The last thing you want to do is make something that, that is lame or boring and like, hey, look, I wrote this book in 20 minutes. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you want something that's that's amazing that people will leave five-star reviews from. Yeah. That's how you get ahead, not let me do the quickest you know, um, type of project and put it up there and look, now I can say I have a book. Yeah. I'm like, now you have a lame book yeah. that no one will care about. Or you have something and they're just like, okay, I, I did it. You know, let's say, you know, like with my scripts, you know, they've been either four weeks or five weeks for the first draft. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm really happy. But guess what? That's just the beginning. Then it's the, the second draft, the third draft, the fourth, the 12th, the 16th, the eighth. I mean, the, 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 there's a, 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 a feature that I'm going to be directing um, in 2021. It's the same one from Tribeca. That's over 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's only now have I figured out the story, even though it won, and even though it's, it, it got me into the, 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 the film independent screenwriters club, I always knew then I hadn't figured it out. I hadn't cracked it. And it's only now that I'm like, ah, fucking I got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it just, it took so many years of rewrites, rewrites, re-envisioning, starting over from fade in and writing the whole thing over again, you know, not just doing a cut and paste. So, okay, I'm done. So wait, so walk me through this because at the beginning, you are you you're starting to write and you're winning awards, which means you have some natural talent and skill as you're beginning. But then you also say there are times that I've rewritten and rewritten yeah. and just somebody saying, you know, you had something and you're like, nope, let's wipe it away and let's start over fresh. Yeah. You know, what's is there a bounce there? Like what would you say to other people that maybe have tried it once and they're like, This is all I've got? Yeah. That's that's Without sounding like it's bullshit to think that's all you've got. You know what I mean? You've always you always have more. You know, there's there maybe you're just like okay, that's that's it. You know, it's just like no. Then you get somebody from the outside that mm -hmm. you not only trust but who challenges you to then look at what you have from an outside perspective and be like, you're not there yet, and here's why, and to give you suggestions on how to you know to even better make that story or that yeah. product or whatever. You don't stop. You know what I mean? If you look again, you look at, at, at Musk and Jobs and, and all of these guys, they, they never kind of sit back on their laurels. It's always like, okay, I got to try. I'm going to fail, but at least 
I went for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's so many things you learn from just going for it. Then you can then either apply to that 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 particular product or something else that you had in the back of your mind. It's like you know, I was thinking about this. I fucked up here, but oh, you know, this this I figured this thing out. Oh, I could apply it to this. You know what I mean? You just gotta keep yeah. going until you die. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just like people ask me because I'm like I'm constantly move going, and people just like, hey, when do you rest? And I'm just like, I can't afford to right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my plan when I had my first kid was to do like John Lennon. You know, he, he when he got when when Julian was born when 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 he was uh you know he was still in the belly, he took five years off of his career and just focused it on his kid. Mm-hmm. And that was my plan. I was like, yeah, I'm taking five years off. I didn't at the time I didn't <laughs> really factor in that he was a beetle and was yeah. multimillionaire. He could do shit like that. <laughs> but you know, and but by the time he even when he came out of that, it was some of the greatest artistic explosion he had of his career. You know what I mean? After that, you know, he just it's, it's his whole sound had matured. It had kind of like, you know, like a sort of just kind of sat and and, and worked within him until that time. And and yeah, um, that's, that was a tangent. That was just um, me going back to like, oh, fuck, I got this kid coming. Yeah, I mean, gotta get my shit together. No, no text messages, <laughs> no alerts. He's like, I gotta go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, as we're, as we're kind of winding down, um, it's just so fascinating to hear your stories behind what creates such a, a, a great story um, that people can resonate with. Is there, you know, any final words of wisdom that you would have for others out there um, that are on their own journeys of, you know, trying to make it um, and what you see from stories that work well, meaning Hollywood loves them. There is a little bit of a formula that Hollywood, you know, uses to that people that resonates with people. You know, is there anything that you would give back to business owners to be like, you've got to be, I mean, you mentioned focusing on yourself. Yeah. um, But anything else, any final words? I would say, you know, and this can apply to like people starting out or, or people who've already had a success and it's just like, okay, what's a never, one thing I've always been afraid of is sort of like straying away, you know, not even just straying away. Yeah. Straying away from everyone. Cause it's so easy to kind of just like close off, especially when you're writing, writing is so lonely. You know what I mean? Um, to kind of like just get a little hardened to the world. It's just like, I just don't want to deal. I just don't want to deal. And I've had some success, so I don't have to anymore. I don't have to take the trains anymore. Like like that first story that I had about the subway worker was because I had insomnia and I would stay up on the subways all night and just watch these guys who clean the subways. And they had this whole subculture. I lo- I've lost that curiosity, you know what I mean, um, as, as I've grown older and got a little bit more comfortable. And there is something to be said about staying in touch with sort of, again, going back to Huey, that's sort of every man person. Um, The person who's like, you know, like I come from a a very working class kind of family, you know, um, being a kid and and being on union strikes with my dad um, and and just like how other people are living. I, I think it's very important to kind of, you know, always keep, always keep a foot, you know, if you can. I mean, you know, some people are better off than other people, but, Really knowing how the other side lives, I think, gives you a, a certain perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it also helps with storytelling, that you don't get so aloof with your stories that only, you know, you know, the sort of uh, rich classes can appreciate your film. And I was like, you, to me, it's like, do like Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare was hoity-toity for those hoity-toity people who came to his plays, but also he played to the, the lowest of the low, you know what I mean, with like the really body sort of humor. 
And to me, that's that's great storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I always go talk about like um, the Wachowski brothers when they did the first Matrix. Here's this film that you could just watch for like you know the, the bullets flying and oh that's cool and you know Trinity's getting up in the air, mm-hmm. but when they then go into this sort of like Eastern philosophy, mm-hmm. to me that's. That is magic. That is cinema. That is storytelling at its best. That it's hitting you where when you leave, the, the, when you go into the parking lot and you're on your way home, so many films you forgot about. By the time you, you, you put the car into, into drive, yep. it's done. Okay, I went to the movies. But then when something kind of stays with you and resonates with you and, and, and days pass and you're still thinking about it, to me, that's the sweet spot. And that's what, you know, fucking, I was looking, looking on my bed. I've got like literally seven Apple devices, and it's all because of the story Steve Jobs told with his products. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 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 how it it's it's almost like I can't really buy anything that's not Apple. I don't know if that's wise. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if that's smart, but I trust that product. And to me, that this this product, you know, tells me that okay, you're looking towards the future. And mm-hmm. and and you know, and and it's I know it's a selling point, but it's also how he devised it and how easy to use it is um and and to me that's that's what i'm striving for that's sort of like shangri-la thing of just like just sort of perfection that it just keeps hitting you yeah. you know what i mean yeah so yeah i don't know if that made any sense but. oh I, I loved it no, I, I, your analogies and you know what you bring back the advice that you've given today is is so fascinating um i just i know you've you've got a busy life and i've just been so grateful <laughs> Uh, that you took the time to come hang out and, and no share doubt. some of these stories today, Slim. No doubt, dude. No doubt. Well, cool. Well, thank you very much for being here. Um, and thank you guys for checking us out. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Duke of Digital podcast with Brian Meert. Want to network with other business owners? Join our exclusive group at facebook.com slash groups slash Duke of Digital. Fancy the Duke? Leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and you could be mentioned on the show. The Duke of Digital was produced by Advertise Mint and recorded in Hollywood, California. All rights reserved.